to the NFT jungle. I am Emma, aka Nifty Metagirl, and we are glad you are along for this discussion on NFTs today. Joining me is my friend Jaden and... The same as usual today, Boss right. Mom 99. Nothing changed this week, surprisingly enough. <laughs> Very good. And hello, Gabe. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> so enthusiastic all the time. Yeah. What can I say? I'm one of a kind. You know and what I mean? Have you changed today? Um, well, I did change a little bit. Yeah. Um, my new PFP, it's kind of baller. I don't know if you've seen it. It's a skeleton. So I got my, you know, my sad girl. I sent it to my wife. That was her first NFT. So since I'm her boyfriend, obviously, you know, I had to, I had to take the skelly for myself. So I don't know if boyfriend's the correct term. Mate. Uh, mate. Yeah, yeah there you go. Say, yeah, there you mate. go. I'm like, I yeah. think you've passed the boyfriend stage if yeah. it's your wife. Yeah, but. yeah, yeah. We're, we're yeah. I'm, I'm the I'm the skeleton mate to my wife's there you <laughs> sad go. girl. There so you go. there you have it. But that's the only thing that's changed. Still fast nifties. All right. Very good. Well, that's a great story and glad you've welcomed her into the world of NFTs. Hopefully we'll hear more about that as that continues. Yeah, for sure. And we'll go ahead and give an update on our wallets. That's something fun that we're always chatting about. Um, it's been an interesting week. Um, gas prices are still at crazy heights, so I know that has slowed down a lot in the way of minting and collecting. Um, it's something that is you kind of look at before you make any purchases. Um, I've been happy to uh, add a few ladies to my wallet. Um, that's still been the topic of my collecting for whatever reason. I think part of it is I really believe that um, these women like projects or women-focused projects are going to take off as soon as things kind of level out. There's such a big push for helping more women onboard into the NFT space. So I just think that naturally that's going to um, put a lot of demand into these projects. Um, so I was thrilled to find a beautiful woman of weapons. Uh, she has a green background, green motif. She has a flower crown. Numchucks, that's when I was kind of, I was hoping to find a flower crown. So, um, and something that's really cool with that project uh, that they announced this week. If they, they've added a channel in their Discord where they're encouraging um, businesses that are that are associated with women of weapon holders to um, share so that way they can be supported by other women of weapons. So I thought that was a nice addition for the community to be able to share um, and just have that way to network um, and kind of get to know yourself on a in real life scenario. Um, another thing that's been encouraging about the collection is they've been adding more artists to their community collection. Um, and I just really appreciate that they are um, kind of paying it forward and really stepping out there and being proactive on that part of the roadmap. So still really excited to be involved with that project and excited to see where they go. Um, I also was thrilled to pick up a new world of women. Um, she is very, she's similar to my uh, Meta Girl profile in that she does share the same cheetah patterned glasses. Um, that seems to be an attribute that I really like, um, but she is one of my favorite that I've added to my collection. Uh, this is another one of the original um, blue chip uh, type women projects that I think does have a huge way to go. As we all know, is using a woman of weapons um, as her uh, as her PFP on her Twitter profile. Um, Carrie Washington also mentioned World of Weapons this week on Twitter. Gary V showed some attention to that, so I do think that that's one that is just going to really take off. Um, so one that in the long term I think will have big big success. They're also um, paying attention to other one of one artists and helping to raise awareness in that regard. Um, and I also added a. Um, 
Boss Beauties to my collection this week. Um, she is uh, another pink one. I now have two pink girls in my collection, um, and she has an interesting combination of attributes, but I think it's pretty cool because it kind of shows that you could, a woman doesn't have to necessarily have one identity. She can be many different things, and I think that's a strong message from this particular um, this particular project, and they seem to still be making strides um, with bringing attention to the space, and I think they're one that really connect the in real life with the uh, NFT space and are going to be instrumental in bringing a lot of young women in. Um, so that's kind of, that's where I have been focused this week. How about you, Jaden? Have you added anything to your collection? My wallet has grown by one. I have All acquired right. a outlaw <laughs> Uh, girl. Okay, an outlaw gal. Yes, after uh -huh. we talked about it, I went back in, kind of looked at it, and I really like it. She kind of seems like a bad bee to me. She's got a cool choker. She's got some blood spouters on her shirt. Just been brawling, huh? Exactly. <laughs> it's, you know, I have to say Sons of Anarchy is one of my favorite TV shows, and okay. it just seems like she would fit right in, so I'm very happy with her. And I haven't added any woman in weapons yet, but I did see that a artist that you're a fan of drew a really beautiful piece for him. That is true. Um, that is an artist called Crown Syndrome, and um, he his collection that I had picked up a piece from a while back is called Siberian Soliloquy. You can find him on OpenSea, um, but a unique piece. Um, I was really excited to see that that connection had been made, and he was actually selected as an artist to be included in their community collection, and in response to being selected, he made a really unique derivative of a Women of Weapons that he also minted and donated, which was, I That's thought, that awesome. was a really cool move on his part. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, it really is a beautiful piece. Like, it, it was two great artists coming together to create just one beautiful masterpiece, honestly. I completely agree. Anything else that you have in the way of new um, items that you're looking at? Um, I'm still waiting for the Pangeans. Okay. I'm pretty excited about that. Mint is November 13th, so Saturday. I'm pretty sure by the time that this video goes out, we're We'll probably pass that, but mm -hmm. I do plan on minting one of those. That's pretty cool. And then one that you've been kind of, uh, you kind of welcomed me into and showed me was Brava. I'm looking into them a lot too. I'm looking forward to Brava as well. Um, they've made an interesting development. Their mint date is coming up. Um, it should be next week. Um, but an interesting detail with theirs is they had planned to have um, your traditional 10,000 piece collection, um, but they really took into consideration the current climate with gas and also with other projects minting. Um, and they, they consulted their community and um, they actually made a decision, which I think was a really good move on their part, to reduce the size from two thousand down to two thousand pieces. Yeah, I <laughs> I saw that they put that out there, and it was something that really I thought was really cool because I'm in their Discord. But I saw that one of the reasons that they had decided to do it too is because they wanted people that actually believed in the project and what they were trying to do to be the holders. And I thought that was really cool and really respectable that they believe in their project so much and feel so passionate about it that they only or that they want like-minded people mm -hmm. to be part of the project. I completely agree. So really taking the strides um, to be thoughtful about the project and the long-term success. Exactly. <laughs> the team does make a big make a big difference in the success of a project. So I think they're making great strides um, to be able to do that. Their mint is actually scheduled for November 23rd. So that's one to be watching. So, and Definitely. again, uh, their mission is to end violence against women. So that's, of course, something that you can a great cause to support and it's going to be exciting to see the strides that they take in that arena as well um, but 
that is, I think that's one that was going to be an awesome one to, to watch and definitely on my radar. Do you have any others that are up and coming that you've been watching? Um, another one that I've been watching is, I talked about it last episode, 1989 Sisters. Mm-hmm. I still have not jumped in and done it yet, but they're doing really well. Um, at the time of this recording, they've minted 722 out of 1,989. Okay. And they also just got verified on OpenSea. So All right. Very that's pretty good. cool. Very yeah. good. And do you think that there's anything that's impacted that particular mint size or where they're at with progress? In your opinion? Um, so one thing that I really think, because I've been watching them for a while. They started on Monday, and they are doing their mint a little different, which is kind of one of the reasons I was a little hesitant, because it wasn't your traditional mint. They opened up a s- separate open sea, and they did, uh, you could buy one piece, five pieces, ten pieces, or twenty pieces. Interesting. And you would go to their open sea, and you would make a bid uh-huh. on that project, and then they would send them to you. Okay. So I was just a little hesitant of that process because I thought it was unusual. Mm-hmm. And um, they didn't really like it was they were saying from the get go that you could mint one, five, ten or 20, but they didn't really go into details on their process. So just with it being different than what I'm used to, I was a little hesitant on that. But then one thing that I really think helped them is I went on OpenSea the other day and I did not know this, but they were actually on the homepage. And I went and checked out their collection after (laughs) I had seen that they were on the homepage. And, I mean, they were just making cells left and right. And they had jumped from, like, 200 cells to, like, 400 cells. And it's just been progressively going since then. So I think that that has kind of helped boost it up a little bit because it wasn't – it was a community that I enjoyed being a part of and that was very active. But it just wasn't a very – big community at the time Mm -hmm. so it's I think that really helped out and I'm excited to see that that forum so that can be a challenge um to get that recognition and for people to find out about a particular project especially with so many that are happening um I noticed today that there's like there's like 80 projects minting today I mean it's just insane the amount of um new ones that are coming online so it's as we all know it is a challenge and a struggle to keep up with what's happening um another one that I've been watching is Alpha Girls Club um it's um one that it is not women led in the sense that the um, full team is women, but it's definitely women-focused, and their mission has a lot to do with mental health um, and providing uh, support for different communities, but also just the messaging in general, Um, but I think the art is really unique and really beautiful, Um, so it's always nice, regardless of whether the creators or the community behind, the team behind it are all women, that isn't super relevant to me. Um, In fact, I think it's really, um, I think it's really awesome when um, that focus is still put um, into a project without it necessarily have to being all women. Um, but the particular the artist himself and the lead of the team, he has a young daughter. And so that's part of his mission um, is to create a community for her and to help her educate young women. So I think that's great. But the art is really cool. Um, and they've been doing a different approach. It's the first um, project discord that I've been involved with that um, they to like Bravo want people to be um, actively engaged that are excited about the 
project. So they've gone about a process that instead of making their Discord open to the public, you actually have to obtain an invite wow. to join the Discord. And so you have to reach out to someone that is involved with the project or already in the Discord, and they can, they can have opportunities to send you an invite. So that was an interesting way of great, cool. gaining that organic growth. Um, so they're not they're looking for, I guess, quality over quantity. That's awesome, though, especially yeah. with the meeting or with uh, his mission. It's nice to see that. It, like I said, or like we said earlier, it just shows that they're very into it. And instead of the like they want the mission to succeed, not just the project. Yes, so. yes. Um, I think having those projects set themselves apart from the ones that could be reconsidered as a rug pool or a cash grab, these are definitely projects that are making strides to not fall into those categories. Yes. And so their Mint um, is also scheduled for next week. So I'm going to be watching that closely yeah. um, and excited. They're, they're doing a lot of promotions right now coming up to the Mint um, to um, get help people get um, listed for the preset and to be able to move forward um, to be included on that list. So lots of stuff happening on Twitter, and they have been doing some invites on Discord. So if you're interested, you know someone that's following that project, be watching because I bet they'll be sharing some invites for that particular Discord. Um, another one that has been making strides that is um, that I'm a part of is the Feel Goods. This is a collection um, with three um, acclaimed artists that came together. They made different um, elements of this this piece, this uh, generated art collection. There's actually 8,888 of them, um, but really unique kind of almost street focused um, art. One is a graffiti artist, one is mixed media, um, and the other artist also does a lot of mixed media. Um, but the one of the utilities of this particular project is by holding a piece, you actually are included in the pre-sale for any other drops that they do. And they actually have announced that they have two upcoming drops. Um, and so I'm going to be excited to see those come, um, come around and um, I'm going to be involved in those. So um, you can still mint a feel good. Um, the mint price is 0 0.088 and you can also purchase from OpenSea. Um, and so either opportunity to get into that project. And again, it is um, by holding one, you have the opportunity to be in on the pre-sales for any future. Um, and so their their whole goal is to bring notable artists into the space. So people that have a strong following or a lot of success in real life, helping them um, segue into the NFT space. So lots of cool stuff going on. Yeah, they actually, that was one thing I, <laughs> I have a feel good too, and I am excited for their new drops. But that was one thing that I thought was really cool about their... Um, their collection is that they are real life artists. Well, everybody's real life artists, right. but yes. uh, they are giving away some of their real life art mm -hmm. to, or their physical art. I shouldn't say real <laughs> life, their physical art to some of their collection holders. And I thought that was a cool tie in to both aspects. So like the metaverse and the universe and things like that. I thought it was pretty cool, like how they're tying them all together. They, um, that they're one of the, the projects that I've been involved with that seem to really do have a, still a strong focus on obtaining that physical work. Um, so even as you own a feel good, you have the option to download um, a high resolution file to be able to print and frame and really have a professional copy, um, a quality copy of, of that particular NFT that you can display. Um, but also in their roadmap, they have um, giveaways for their holders of tangible art. Most of it would seem to it's either um, signed pieces or sculptures that um, value $250,000. 
That's amazing. That's a lot. That's yeah, a lot that's, of a lot of that's a lot of money. That's a lot of work. So lots of advantages there. So, um, but another project that um, we are, there's definitely lots of projects on the horizon that we're excited for. One that's personal to me that we've been um, working really hard on is MetaJungle. I've seen that more and more people are showing up in your Discord, too. <laughs> that is true. That is true. We, again, are a space that um, we're encouraging, whether you're an artist, whether you're a creator, whether you're a collector, we want to be a space where everybody can come in and feel comfortable and happy to learn from each other, to be able to um, share, to be able to contribute to this community, and know that this is a non-shilling zone in the aspect of um, we want to learn about each other, but there's no paid involvement. You don't have to pay to participate. You're also the um, opinions are all those of the people participating. So they're authentic. They're not motivated by promotions or sponsorships or anything of the like. So it creates a community that um, really our whole goal is to make sure that everybody is successful together. It was really cool because today alone I was in, I was actually in there earlier interacting a little bit. And today Mm -hmm. alone I've got to interact with um, some digital artists, some uh, one-on-one that are focused more directly on one-on-one, like with their uh, their photography art side of things. I've got to interact with a new um, creator trying to get their collection out there. And then I've just got to interact with some other uh, collectors. So it was really cool just to see all different aspects and like what everybody is doing throughout the day that's different depending on where you are and what everybody can learn from one another. It's been really cool. I, I spent a little bit of time in there today and it was just really cool how many people I got to interact with that I probably wouldn't have got the chance to if I wasn't in that Discord. Very cool. Yes. Very cool. <laughs> and mentioning Meta Jungle, uh, today we have a special guest joining us. Uh, this is this person is one of my business partners and also a founding member of Meta Jungle. So we're really well, really happy to welcome him to the podcast today. Alpha Trilogy, thank you for joining us. Well, thank you for having me. Hello, everyone. And I think it would make sense to start off with just asking. Um, in your viewpoint, what is MetaJungle? So MetaJungle, um, the project that we have lots and lots of people working on right now, is a liquidity platform that is going to bring lots of liquidity into the NFT marketplace. And so what we are building is an actual platform. So the software and systems to facilitate inflow of capital into the marketplace. And we're really excited about it because that uh, lack of liquidity at various times is one of the things that seems to be one of the biggest needs in the NFT space right now. And um, we have some real innovative ways that we're gonna do this. And we feel like we're gonna be able to infuse massive amounts of capital um, at the right time. And in ways that'll help, you know, quality projects and quality, NFT projects really be able to weather um, the roller coaster of the marketplace better. Very good. Very good. Now that sounds a little bit different than what we've been talking about. So um, how does that connect in relation to where we are currently? So the NFT, um, the platform we're building is obviously um, where we see uh, huge opportunity in the NFT space and um, something that obviously will be a business 
and uh, hopefully a business that we are able to uh, monetize and make money from. In the meantime, um, my path into the NFT world uh, is very similar to yours and obviously coincides with that path. We came in looking at various um, ways to um, be able to do things in the space, um, primarily from a more of a research uh, standpoint. Um, I came in looking at uh, various ways to use NFTs as ticketing because in real world, um, one of the businesses that um, I am a partner in and own as we sell hundreds of thousands of tickets to various venues and attractions. Um, and looked at, I was looking at NFTs as a option for that, which uh, we definitely see as being um, a use for NFTs in the future. But we're a little early for that. Most of the vendors that we work with um, still are not in the space, don't understand the space. But we definitely see that being something that we'll be doing um, two, three, maybe five years from now. Um, also, I'm a very avid collector, and so I have all kinds of interests that I collect and I have for a, a long time. And so was very interested in looking at physical collectibles, um, things in the physical world, and how those can be um, basically titled or licensed via um, some type of an NFT project. And that's what kind of brought me in. It was my initial interest. During my journey, I became a um, huge advocate for digital artists. And I really see, I understand, I think, um, what's going on in that art space as far as NFTs and um, just became a passion of mine. So I have started collecting them. Um, I enjoy it a lot and probably more so than just you know, buying, collecting, uh, you know, a lot of people are in it trying to, to make uh, quick dollars, not really my focus or interest at all. I'm really just enjoying finding collectors. Um, I mean, finding artists and really kind of connecting with them, uh, art that I appreciate, I like, and then, um, buying it. And how do you a, find those artists? It's kind of been difficult, actually. Um, you can't just really look through OpenSea and find these great artists. It's all kind of word of mouth um, through somebody in Discord saying something somewhere. Um, I'm not really a, a any kind of an expert on Twitter, but I started using Twitter specifically for this purpose of basically, you know, finding art, artists, uh, sharing art. And um, that's been a fairly effective medium, but it's still kind of, it's a little bit tricky um, because there's so many, there's so many bad actors out there that it makes it difficult to really to, um, to effectively do anything and to really, it kind of limits the amount of trust you can have. And so getting back to Meta Jungle and the Discord server that, um, you just launched and I guess, I mean, I guess we launched, but it's really, um, been your project. Um, I think one of the big motivations and one of the reasons that, um, I've been really positive about it and excited about it is there's this need to get rid 
of the bad actors. We've got to remove them from the space. And um, what I see is there are literally hundreds, maybe thousands of projects being ran by teams of people that have bad intentions. And so they literally are just money grabs and they're trying to get people's money, um, however they can do it. And um, that reflects so poorly on the good projects and the good teams. And so going and trying to find those good teams and being able to separate them out from the bad ones, it's a lot of work. It is. And it seems like, too, um, when they have these big teams that come out, they may have the influence or the funds behind them to really be able to monopolize the the common viewer on Twitter and the few spaces that you do see the information. Yeah, it's one of the things that frustrates me so much about even about Twitter, because I can't believe anything I read as far as, hey, does this person really believe this? Because Everyone is, seems to be, it's all about how many followers you have, but then there's a good chance if you've got a lot of followers, somebody's paying you to paying you for your ideas. So they're telling you what your opinion should be. Sure. Well, and not even, you're saying it makes you lose uh, trust, but I could even see where it would make the artists lose a little bit of trust with trying to promote their work. Yeah. There's a huge um, trust issue everywhere mm -hmm. because collectors, new collectors, they have to build basically a trust system with the artist. Hey, is this a real artist? Is this authentic? Is this artist actually creating this? Um, are they going to, after I buy this, are they going to release 20 more of this exact same thing? Um, that's a huge concern on the collector side, but um, you, you never know like who's shilling something, who's telling you about it. Are they being paid to do that? Is it true? Is it something that's just going to, disappear overnight. There's a lot of um, trust issues in the entire space. And um, I think for me, the meta jungle, obviously we set up this discord. There's no um, profit incentive for us. We're spending money to um, promote it and to um, build out uh, tools and resources. Um, we have no intention of trying to uh, monetize it in any way to get any of that back. Um, we're giving away NFTs. I give away NFTs all the time anyway. Um, it's kind of fun. It's a f it's really fun when people appreciate it and love it and not so much fun when they don't. But it's fun to give away stuff. I enjoy it, especially if it's to someone that actually appreciates it. It's really fun to buy art from people that appreciate it. You know, they work hard. They're creating something. Um, some of this art's just absolutely amazing. And then it's just it's really enjoyable to be able to do that. I wish I could buy it all. Unfortunately, I can't. But um, hopefully I can help find other people that also enjoy it and that can actually, you know, get that enjoyment from doing it. Bring them together. Try and um, like create a platform where uh, the artists and collectors, creators can all meet um, and find each other and talk about things and be able to maybe get better at what they're doing and, and improve. Um, one of the things I've found is a lot of the artists, they're incredible artists. Um, they don't understand marketing. They don't understand marketing themselves. And so they miss some resources that are available to them, absolutely free resources um, where they just – 
you know, they put their name and they talk about themselves. And sometimes they don't want to because maybe they haven't won a bunch of awards and um, whatever it is. But there's still just that that story of who they are. What's their background? That's what helps them connect with people. That's what's going to bring a collector in and say, hey, this is a cool story. This is a cool person. I love what they're doing. I love their art. I want to be part of that. And so there's things that the artists can do, really simple things, but they just don't know it. They don't know to do it. And so hopefully um, by doing this Meta Jungle Discord project and putting a little bit of time and a little bit of um, money and resources into that, we can help make the space better and um, maybe help some of these artists like really um, – improve their lives and be able to to get their exposure that they otherwise wouldn't have. Very um, true. It's pretty exciting. <laughs> and, and it's so, awfully ambitious of the young creators that are coming in um, that might be um, might feel challenged that maybe by their language skills or their writing skills or their ability to um, really show who they are. So it's pretty ambitious that they're willing to overcome that. Yeah, absolutely. Another thing, I mean, obviously our name is Meta Jungle. And um, I've had, you know, 50 people tell me you should change the name because Mark Zuckerberg's taking meta and like everything's changed and there's like some kind of opposition to that and people. But it's a little disappointing. And I can say that, you know, whenever the meta announcement was made, it was you know, I had a couple of dark hours where I was not that happy because we spent a lot of time um, creating this name. We had been working on the uh, creative side. We've had all this stuff done and this work done and put into it. And then somebody like a company that's absolutely huge comes out and says, oh, yeah, by the way, we're changing our name to Meta, which is we're taking that name now. Um we're, we're in charge of the metaverse and that's ours. And, um, we're hiring 10,000 people to build out the software and these platforms. It's like, wow, you know, we have a, a pretty decent sized team working on things, but it sure as hell isn't 10,000 people. Um, how do you compete with that? And so that was a little frustrating. Um, you know, completely, I guess a little off topic, but, um, Anyway, I'm excited about Meta Jungle. I'm excited about the Discord um, uh, server that we just launched. Uh, hopefully, people can see it for what it is. <laughs> Literally, we want it to be a, a safe, secure, like open place where you can come in, share um, your knowledge, share what you already know. Um, we know there's going to be so many people onboarded into the um, entire NFT space and having a place where they can learn about NFTs, learn about the, the pluses and the positives, and also the dark side and the things that they need to be aware of to potentially expose some of these scammer, um, scam influencer, scam projects, money grab, rug pull stuff that's going on. And... Um, help people, you know, keep their money safe. It makes me sick to think about a project that goes out, launches, they make all these promises. They have no intention, none of actually ever of doing any of it. And then they sell out 
they make a few million dollars, they stick it in their pockets, and they walk away. And so you can say, well, everyone should have done their own research. People should have known better, whatever. It irritates me to no end because that several million dollars that they wasted, that people spent on that, to put in those guys' pockets so they can go to Vegas and party for the weekend, that money could have went to people that are sincere, that have real projects, that are working hard. Maybe they don't have the money to buy the influencers to sell out their projects, but they have a real purpose and a mission. And to individual artists that are out there working so hard, creating their art, trying to market themselves, and they're really getting scammed by the people that are stealing everybody's money and pulling it out of the marketplace. It is a huge problem right now, for sure. Yeah, and then it irritates me that there's platforms, huge marketplace platforms, and they allow the stuff to go on. It could be stopped easily, and they don't do it. It seems like every week there's another story about something that, that they didn't stop or they allowed, and, and it really does have a huge impact on so many people. So when you said, hey, let's put a server in place, let's do this, this is kind of the altruistic side of what we can do. I'm 100% behind you and with you on this. Um, and, you know, my focus and in, in this side of it is really more on the artist, the individual artist, those one-to-one -one guys. Let's, um, let's help them. Let's see what we can do to help them out. Absolutely. It's really encouraging that there are people in the space that are putting their hard, you know, putting hard work into it. They have great missions that they're passionate about. And so getting to connect with those people and, you know, having an entrepreneurial background and building projects myself and as a team, um, it's really inspiring to get to see people that are trying really hard. And so getting to kind of pay back and like help them along the way, if there's assistance that can be needed or help spread the word about those and let people that are excited about coming into the spaces, collectors, helping them connect and actually making those, you know, making the connections and making all that come together. It's, it's really, really exciting. So I'm, I'm really, I love that aspect of it. Or, or even just helping them grow. Like I am not an entrepreneur <laughs> or anything like that, but I interacted with one today that posted his like reason why he got into NFTs. Like he's new to it and he'd been doing artwork for, I think he said a decade and he just started sharing it six months ago because of NFTs. But then after he shared his story, which was a really good story, it was really cool. He apologized for sharing it. He's like, sorry, that was a real, that was really long. And I'm like, no need to apologize for your story. Like it was a great read. I read it all. I, I <laughs> applaud you like for sharing it with us and your artwork's really great. And it was really great artwork. So it was just I, I like that you guys have helped create a community to just help grow and let other or help each other uh, gain confidence. Like I'm new and I'm gaining confidence. And with the confidence I've gained, I've been able to help other people gain confidence. And it's just a really rewarding aspect, I guess. Well, and that's awesome. And it's a good point that oftentimes, you know, when you're going into a Discord channel it's or, or a server, it's specifically for that project. And so people are hesitant talking about another project that they're excited about, or even maybe about artwork of their own. And so then you also are end up in a dozen or 20 or 
find out that there's a max limit of 100 different servers that you can join. Um, but being a place where everybody can come together and we can learn about different projects and share what's successful for some people and, you know, even talk about the different projects without having a, a, the Discord team involved with it or having, you know, the conversation swayed or having influential people that are getting benefits from it, from communicating with each other or controlling it, it really does make a huge difference. So I love that aspect of it as well. Yeah. And I hope that there's plenty of influential people that are genuine, mm -hmm. that are actually, um, you know, looking for for artists to support and things to buy. And they're Absolutely. actually part of the space. Mm -hmm. They're not just being paid to say things. Yes. I hope those people show up and um, are regulars in the uh, server because it's for them too, because right. we have this, this group of people and um, this environment where people are sharing um, their stories, sharing their creations mm -hmm. and um, it's real. Yep. And so if you are influential um, and you're real, please come. <laughs> if you're a bad actor, don't bother. <laughs> we will find you and get rid of you. Yep. That's my mission. <laughs> okay, Liam and I, Nelson. I'm telling you straight out. If you're a bad person and a bad actor in the space, I will find you. <laughs> I feel like we just jumped into taking four over there. <laughs> I think that might be a dream of Alpha's there. <laughs> How did you know? <laughs> well, and Alpha, you've mentioned several times um, about being a collector. Would you mind sharing with us a little bit more about the type of collecting you enjoy doing or something that you're passionate about? I've been buying a lot of uh, photographs and um, I love, I love photography and it's pretty, it's interesting because uh, uh, art's subjective. And so it's really the beauty is in the eye of the creator and whoever appreciates that. And so there's art that I, I can appreciate the art. That's just maybe it's not for me. And even in photography, there's art that there's photo photographs. That I can say, wow, you know, that's a really stunning, um, interesting piece, but it's not necessarily for me. And so it's always important to remember that. And um, I try to remind artists of that all the time. Just because I don't buy something, it doesn't have anything to do with whether it's good art or not. I don't know if a piece of art is good or not. I know if it speaks to me. And, and that's, that's basically it. Um, a lot of times when I buy art, though, I really want to know about the artist. I want to know that backstory. I want to know about them. Um, if they've won awards and they're recognized you know, that's great. And I, I'm all, I'm, yeah, that's fantastic. I want to know about them. I want to know their story. And so just because you haven't won an award has nothing to do with whether you're a great artist or not. And so anyway, I've been uh, buying a lot of photographs from artists from around the world. And um, I've interacted with some of these people and, um, you know, some of them I would consider to be friends. And um, it's pretty interesting. I just like how some of it really speaks to me. All different subject matters, a lot of portraits, but. And what, is there something in particular that makes, makes it speak to you, something that you connect with? Yeah, to me, it's all about emotion. Okay. And so if I look at a piece and that piece evokes some type of emotion, um, 
that means something. And so, you know, I like happy. I like a happy emotion. Well, sometimes a, a sad emotion is just, a, it speaks just as loudly. And so you just look at it and there's, a, if it evokes emotion and I see it and, you know, there's a story there, maybe the artist has told the story and maybe the artist hasn't, but I, my mind can tell the story. Then that's, uh, that's kind of what I look for and what I, what I like. Well, and as a collector, are there things in particular that you're looking for in the description and in the in the information provided by the artist? Yes. So I definitely, I prefer um, if the artist has taken the time and they've used the description uh, areas on their NFTs to put their name it's really important to collectors. Um, a brief bio about themselves, that also is uh, important. If they have won awards and that's, you know, part of, of them, then that's really important for them to put there. Not so much for me, but there are a lot of collectors that are more collectors investors. And so that information is incredibly important to them. And um, addition size. So... You know, if you're buying something and you think it's a one of one, you want to make sure it's a one of one. And so a lot of times when the artists are maybe talking about their stuff and they're on Twitter or, or somewhere else, they'll say, yeah, this is a one of one. But you go in and you look at the collection. It doesn't say anywhere what mm -hmm. the edition sizes are. Do you mind if I ask what is a one of one for those that may not know? Yeah. So one of one just means that that's the only one of that image that's going to be sold. So if it's a photograph and you, you've taken that photograph, one of one means that that's it. You're not selling that to someone else. And so there's, you know, like recently uh, I got in, I, I buy um, Pringsky's NFT boxes and there's a lot of times there's photographs in there, but there'll be 500 of them. So it'll be a really awesome photograph, but it's, done 500 times. And so you're so, basically getting a copy of that photo. Yeah, you're getting a one of 500 editions. So like there's an original and then a print version. Yeah. So. And so um, there's definitely nothing wrong with editions like where there's multiple pieces. Um, I prefer one of one stuff. And so I, I prefer to have something where it's the only one. And, um, well, and I would assume there's a bit of a different value associated with it too. If there's a print, just like in the traditional art world, if there's an original and there's prints, of course the prints are a lesser value than the original. And if there's a standalone piece, it's more valuable. Yeah, absolutely. And so in the, in the, in the real life art, art world, normally you don't see additions of something until the one of ones becomes so expensive that the normal collector is priced out of it's priced out of their reach. So you get a piece of art and, you know, an artist creates something and it's so expensive. I mean, it's worth so much that the average collector can't afford to buy that. Well, then you start releasing additions. If you're not in that situation, then a lot of times, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to release editions of something. And so one thing I do see um, that I think is probably not the best idea, I see some artists that 
you know, they don't have a huge collector base yet. So they haven't, they haven't built that up. So their art hasn't been um, valued in the marketplace yet at, with a high value. And they're releasing these editions of, you know, lots and lots of pieces. And that doesn't make a whole lot of sense from like a traditional collecting world. Um, and so what should they be doing? What would make more sense? So if I was a one of one artist, so an artist that's creating unique pieces, I would create a collection, um, limit the number of pieces in that collection. So maybe 20 or 30 pieces tops. Mm-hmm. And what I literally would do is I would, I'd write the story of that collection and what that collection was about. I would say, this collection is going to have 20 pieces or have 30 pieces, whatever that piece number is. I would tell everyone up front what that's going to be. And then when I dropped, I would drop maybe three to five of the pieces okay. of the 20. Mm-hmm. And um, I would price them at an entry point to where people can afford it. And so you've got to find an attractive entry point for that, that art. Then when those pieces sold, I found collectors and buyers for those pieces. I would drop my next three to five pieces. And then those three to five pieces, I would price higher. And so I would slowly work my price up and not get crazy with it because you don't want to price your existing collectors out. You want them to um, be able to buy it. Mm -hmm. But then the idea is to get a collection sold out. And if you're an artist and you can get a collection sold out, that's a huge plus for you, especially if you've done it to with collectors that appreciate your work, because those people aren't going to dump your artwork and, you know, destroy the floor price for your art. And what happens then if you can sell that out, the price of your art is going to um, just by nature, it's going to be higher because if a collector has bought your art, they appreciate it, they like it. If they put it up for sale, um, they're going to sell it at a higher price, which is really good for you because it establishes a higher value for your artwork. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of artists don't don't necessarily understand that. Um, they don't have somebody helping them make uh, marketing decisions and, and explaining that. Um, and, and it seems like there's some elements of supply and demand that factor into that as well. Absolutely. It's all mm-hmm. about supply and demand and in, in the art world. Mm-hmm. And so I am very much a Keynesian economist. Economist. <laughs> <laughs> Keynesian economist. But um, I believe in supply and demand. And um, in the real world, it's interesting. In the art world, you'll see most artists, their art becomes valuable after they die. And um, it's, it's kind of a crazy thing, but it's, it's reality. And the reason for that is that's the only time you know what the supply actually is. Because all of a sudden <laughs> the supply is done and you know, okay, this is over. Mm-hmm. And so as demand increases, there's no more supply. And so Price obviously has to go up. Well, when an artist is alive and they're creating work, um, that supply number is no one knows. It's an unknown number. And so it 
automatically suppresses price. Mm-hmm. And now there's there's always exceptions, and you'll see people. Um, we've seen it recently with some, you know, insane um, priced art being sold. I'd say insane. <laughs> I'm sh- sure it's worth every penny of it. <laughs> but um, you know, some pieces that are selling for tens of millions of dollars by living young artists, which is, you know, it's amazing. It's incredible for the art world, but that's a very rare thing. It's not like it's an anomaly. It's not the norm. And so on the collector level, people that are collecting, investing, they're very conscious of supply. And so um, an artist has to be very conscious of that. So it's not a good idea to just turn out as many things as you can and just keep putting them on OpenSea. It's one of the things I see. It's kind of a problem that some um, artists that are new to that space do. They'll create a um, collection, and it might have the bases. It could have been great because it's you know a limited number. It's only 20 or 30 pieces. But they sell one piece or two pieces. And so they start another collection, and they put 20 or 30 more pieces out there. And then somebody might buy one of those pieces and they put 20 or 30 more pieces. And so they literally, they destroy their own market. And so if I go in and I buy a piece from that collection, it's not going to have any impact. I mean, they're going to sell one more piece, but it's not going to really help them because they have flooded the market themselves. And um, I hate seeing it. Mm-hmm. If I could do something to, <laughs> to like, hey, don't do that. It's going to hurt. But I can't normally. Um, I try. And I try to give people suggestions. And I try to give them feedback. But I have to do that in a way that, you know, I'm, I'm not all-knowing. All um, and I also don't want to step on someone's toes. I mean, everyone has their own decisions to make. And they do things their way. But there's definitely a good way to go about it um, in a not-as-good way. And then some artists may not care. I mean, it's, you know, they want to create art. They want people to have the art. And that's great. Um, they, they might not be worried about price or actually selling it. Sure. But, you know, that's, that's each artist. Uh, that's their own decisions to make. But if they're worried about, you know, the selling their art and creating a market for it among collectors, there's definitely some things that they can do that will um, make them more effective at that and better at it. So it sounds like being able to um, include in the description how many total pieces are going to be available um, and making some small adjustments, including some information about the photograph itself and about themselves or ways in which they could potentially set themselves up to be um, more attractive to a collector. Is that right? Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. And so another really important part of it is price. And so I don't like to talk to an artist about their the price of their pieces. Um, no? No. I mean, it's something that's, you know, the value of art is somewhat subjective too. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's also controlled by supply and demand. And it's, you know, there's, there's X amount of demand for somebody's product at this point. And if it's, if it's a beautiful piece of art, the, the artist – is creating, um, you know, work that once people see it, they're going to want it, then that demand is going to increase. But demand a lot of time is based off of the amount of exposure that um, the artist had. And so if you don't have the exposure yet and you haven't been exposed, people don't know about you and about your art, you can overprice yourself and price yourself out of the market really, really easily. And, um, I may still buy a piece, but 
a lot of people won't. And um, it really, it's it's kind of, you know, I don't know. I, I, I don't like to talk about it with them, with anyone, because I don't want anyone to think, hey, I'm trying to devalue what your work is or tell you that, hey, it's not worth it. Um, because, you know, the amount of time and energy people put into their artwork, I mean, it's all priceless, really. Mm-hmm. And so it's, you know, I, I hate talking about the financial side of it as far as pricing, because I'm not going to tell anyone what their work is actually worth. But I can tell you, I see a lot of artists that um, they price their artwork outside of what the market's going to pay for it. And um, sometimes they do it, I think, just not really understanding probably the market. I can see that that would be a challenge to um, assess what a fair a fair price would be and and how to go about making that 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 judgment call. Yeah, <laughs> most definitely. And you know, based on market economics, I sometimes will overpay. And um, I have my own reasons for doing it. Mainly, it's just because I like buying it. I see a piece of art, I like it, but um, I may know that I'm paying probably more than what the market is really going to support from a price standpoint. Um, I don't buy it worrying about selling it again later. I think that's one of those areas too, where it seems like the one of one, um, world is so much separate than the generative art projects. You know, we hear a lot in this NFT space about paper hands and diamond hands and flipping and all that, but that seems to be separate from all of this. And something that's exciting for the NFT space for artists in general is that opportunity to be able to benefit if their pieces sell in the future as well. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. So it seems that if you're setting it up to where even if you are selling it at a certain price initially, there is that opportunity that each time it changes hands that you can, you know, you'll be compensated for that as well. For the, from the artist standpoint. Yes, exactly. Yeah, Yeah, definitely. So, um, yeah, an artist getting their work out there, um, there's a, extreme amount of value in that because that's how you're going to get exposure. That's how you're going to have people that may decide, Hey, I'm going to just keep buying this. Um, it's kind of interesting if you can create art that, that appeals to younger people and, um, that younger people will buy, then they're going to buy that through the rest of their life cycle. Um, a lot of times. And so, um, there's definitely some strategies that you can do as an artist that, that helps you be able to get your product out there. And then, you know, if people sell it, if you've created a value behind it and you haven't flooded the market and people sell it, well, the price of that will go up. And in the NFT world, which is, it's an amazing thing that you're going to get, you know, a piece of that sale every time. And so that is, I think that's a game changer um, for an artist. I mean, I wish I had artistic ability. I would <laughs> definitely get in there and take advantage of that. Unfortunately, I don't. Um, although, I saw Gary V. Uh, he released uh, ten thousand pieces or something, and I might would be able to scribble out some uh, animals. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Nothing against that. I wish I'd have bought Gary V.'s pieces. I, I didn't buy when he um, released because. I thought, you know, I really don't like the art, but I wish I, I like the person. I mean, this guy's brilliant. I like that person. I just don't like the art. 
that was probably a bad decision in that point because uh, obviously it's done extremely well. <laughs> very true. Very true. That is one that was, um, yeah, it was a little out of the norm for sure. <laughs> yeah. I mean, kudos to him. That's, Absolutely. That's amazing. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, I'm talking about what you talked about earlier. I assumed you probably would have because isn't his artwork tickets to an event in a way? There's a lot of utility. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yep, for it. Um, he does have a conference coming up in May. So there are um, particular ones that um, do serve for access to be able to attend the convention coming up. Um, I believe there's also others that have utility that may be um, a phone call with him. So time spent oh. with him. So a lot of different ways in which people can gain value um, from, from um, interacting with the community for sure. He's done a fantastic job of creating a community and really giving back to them. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> Yep, absolutely. Well, and you mentioned um, the prank ski box. Um, that might be something a little bit different that a lot of people um, might have heard of but don't participate. Would you mind sharing with us a little bit about your experience with that? And maybe who prank ski is? <laughs> yeah, I don't know who <laughs> he or she is. I do not know. Um, don't know them. Um, I have admired them from afar, just uh, some of the um, – prowess that they have had at being able to find some really interesting um, artists and some great art. And so uh, I think definitely whoever Prinsky is, they have a, a good eye for art. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, so they have a, a boxes that they do every month. And at some point during the month, they make an announcement and they have recently it's been 500 so there'll be 500 boxes that they sell. You buy this box. Um, pricing's been around 0.65 ETH. Um, you buy the box. It gets delivered into your wallet immediately. Um, you don't know what's in the box. At some point at the end of the month, they will um, basically open the box and they drop all the NFTs that are in that box into your wallet. And I think it's usually, you know, somewhere between 9 and 11 NFTs, um, usually by some really interesting artists. And so mainly additions. So you're getting additions by those artists, but it's some great stuff. Some, some stuff that has been uh, released that's had a tremendous amount of secondary market value. And so um, I buy it again because I'm curious always. And I, I love kind of the surprise of what you're going to get. Um, I have not sold any pieces out of a Pranksky box. Um, just hold them. And uh, even, you know, obviously art subjective. So you get some pieces that you may not particularly like and um, it may not appeal to you that much. But I just hold it and I'm kind of running as an experiment. I'm going to see over a period of time, um, hopefully years, what uh, what happens with that specific curated by Pranksky um, work does. Very cool. It sounds like a good experiment for sure. Um, for some of the people that might be new to it, um, is there any advice you might give as far as, it seems like there's boxes. I've seen things where people have purchased boxes that may not have contents in them, like on the secondary market, anything to be mindful of? Um, yeah, you got to be careful. Um, the sorting features within the secondary market for Brinsky's box work 
is difficult. Um, it's kind of hard to find your way through it. If you buy a box from a previous month, that box is empty. So the box is still there. So you could buy an empty box. So I, I do buy boxes on the secondary sometimes, but I don't buy old empty boxes. So if a price on something's too good to be true, it's too good to be true. You got to remember that. So I see all the time people going into his discord and saying, hey, I bought this and it was 0.03 ETH. Where's all my artwork? It's like, well, you bought an empty box for 0.03. And then they're like, well, why is there empty boxes? Well, the boxes are designed by somebody and there's some type of uh, art value um, that could be attributed to that. And there's definitely some cultural... Uh, significance to it. So from a long-term collector standpoint, there could be some value to that box. But yeah, I would say don't go buy empty boxes. The best thing to do is just go to um, Pranksky's Discord. I'm pretty sure I posted an invite to his um, Discord in the Meta Jungle invite channel. Um, go there, you know, learn about what those boxes are, see if it's something that's for you. And if it is, uh, buy them whenever they, they, they'll post a, a mint link to their site, go and just mint the box. And, um, yeah, then at the end of the month, you're going to get a big surprise on what's in there. Sounds like the best possible way of not getting an empty box. Huh? <laughs> yeah. So you won't have to worry about getting an empty box that way. <laughs> and, and on the secondary, they will, a lot of times if there's, after they've minted out, they'll post a link to actually secondary boxes on OpenSea. So if you go from, you know, their links and you follow them in, then you can do it. But if you go to OpenSea and try and do it on your own and you find a box and it's 0 0.03 or 0 0.05 or 0.1 ETH, don't buy it. Unless you want an empty box, then you can buy it. <laughs> for that uh, significance, for cultural significance. Huh? <laughs> yeah, for sure. Well, and I think that does tie in really good for another example of what um, what people can experience when they come to Meta Jungle Discord. And what we encourage you to do is if you are interested about a project similar to Pranksky's boxes and something that might be a little out of the norm, just ask, you know, come in and see, just ask if anybody has had experience with it, if they've been, um, if they're, if they know about it. And I'm confident that if somebody hasn't, we'll find some answers. We'll find somebody that will speak up and be able to connect with you and help you along the way. So, and also if you are in the discord and you have that experience, we encourage you to share that with everyone else as well. So we're all learning together and figuring it out together. Yeah, absolutely. I'd also say, um, you know, if you're an artist, come to Meta Jungle. We have a one one um, photographer uh, channel for you to post your links to your artwork, uh, links to your collections. It's um, so cool to get to see all the different art artwork and also learn more about the artist. It's that's a, a highlight for sure. Yeah, come <laughs> post your post your work in there. Mm -hmm. um, it's, it's, it's really cool because we see it, we can ask you questions, we can interact. And, um, you asked earlier, how do I find artists? Well, now that's how I find them. Mm -hmm. I go to Meta Jungle, <laughs> I go to the one of one, um, channels and I look through there and I see what people are posting. Um, I'll interact, I'll comment and I buy. Um, and that's what we're really hoping Everyone does. And mm -hmm. so if you're a collector and you're interested in one-of-one one art, um, come to Meta Jungle, look through those channels <laughs> and interact with the artist, 
look at that art and and then support them and buy it. Like it's it's really cool. Absolutely. And also if you're, you know, if you have a project that you're excited about, there is a channel for that. Um, really, we encourage, we want to facilitate every level. If you're developing, if you're, if you're purchasing, like there's, there's resources for everybody here. Yeah, absolutely. And so the one thing you won't have is um, you won't <laughs> have somebody shilling. Uh, definitely nobody affiliated with Meta Jungle is going to be shilling some kind of project to you or trying to force you or encourage you to buy some kind of project um, that has a whole bunch of uh, fake promises in it. For sure. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, and I'm not against gen art, by the way. Um, so <laughs> I definitely buy um, gen art too. And um, I probably have way too much of it than I, I should have. Um, but I definitely am a, I support gen art projects. I have unfortunately fallen prey to some of the bad actors and I've bought some of the same rug pull projects that everyone else has. Um, I'm not as naive, um, at this point, And so that doesn't happen quite as often. And, um, I'm very careful about what gen art projects that I invest in, but there are some great gen art projects out there and there's some projects that I fully support. I buy, um, I buy rarities, I buy the floor and I will uh, continue doing so. World of women. I love the project. Um, whenever I have an opportunity to pick up a world of woman piece, at a good price, uh, either based off of rarity or based off of what the floor price is, I definitely jump on that opportunity. Um, I think it's something that's going to stand the test of time. And uh, I really, I like the project. There's there's a lot of projects like that. I mean, you guys talk about them all the time uh, on this, uh, this series. And there are things that, you know, I, I also support and I, I buy and spend my money to, uh, to help support this. I think you also um, offered some pretty cool giveaways with them too, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> yeah, I like to, I do like to buy some of those projects, not so mm -hmm. much World of Women, I haven't been <laughs> able to part with one of those, but I definitely buy projects and uh, I give them away. And then there's, it's kind of interesting because you've got these, these projects that I call failed projects because they're rug pulls. They're failed just because the dev teams have failed. Some of those projects have some pretty good art and they have mm -hmm. some some interesting things going for them. Um, I would say there's nothing wrong with like, you know, having that, keeping it. Um, if it's super cheap, you can buy it. Um, somebody gives it to you, hold it, because some of those things may come around and have value uh, again in the future. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we're just at the beginning. So possibilities are endless for the future. <laughs> Yeah, most definitely. Obviously, utility is a huge thing in the NFT um, world. And so on the big projects, everybody's trying to come up with that incredible utility. You know, what's going to be better than what anyone else has and what creates the most amount of value? What's the biggest driver? And um, I don't see that changing any. Now, it seems like it could get stale pretty fast. And so you know, a project has to be able to find the the right balance between the utility and the purpose of what they're doing and their artwork. But um, on that utility side, there's a whole lot that can be accomplished. And you start thinking about it as the entire world is going to onboard into this space. 
I could really see, <laughs> excuse me, I could see a future where um, some of those failed projects are picked up by other companies and people and maybe utilities added into those projects to bring them back to life and give them a purpose, especially something that's got some good art and some something else behind it. Mm -hmm. I mean, one of the things that um, we will be um, putting, including in the liquidity platform that we are creating, is there will be a um, way to buy and sell projects. And so we will create a, a marketplace for projects. And I'm sure there's there's probably other people working on that, uh, that idea, but it's something that it's necessary. Um, kind of sickens me to think about having to uh, buy a failed project from a complete failed team that has taken your money and, and ran away. But I think that there are people um, that would buy those and really try to resurrect them and do something with them. And I think it's going to become, um, it'll become something that's happening a lot in the future. So don't burn your uh, NFTs that you're you're upset about or that you got a rug pull on because I think that some of those will come back and have value later. Mm -hmm. But don't buy them if they're you think they're going to rug pull. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Do your research ahead of time. <laughs> Ask questions uh, and learn about the definitely learn about the team and and really think about it. You mentioned earlier um, if it seems too good to be true, it probably is. And I think that we forget that FOMO can be really powerful. So I think there's times where we overlook that. Um, but, and I think it's good to talk about those opportunities where we might've gotten, you know, let that get the better of us. Um, and so we can keep that in mind and learn for the future and let other people learn from um, things that we've picked up along the way as well, instead of having to learn it themselves. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, um, Alpha, is there um, anything else you'd like to share with us today? Whoa, that is a, Open-ended question. <laughs> I know. <laughs> That's a very dangerous open-ended question. I know. <laughs> um, no, there's some uh, channels in Meta Jungle, the show-off channels. And I, I don't know that I like the terminology show-off, but um, it's kind of – you have to put something there. People kind of understand. I encourage people to go in there. Use those channels too if you're a collector and just show what you're buying, mm -hmm. the stuff you're, you've bought. I use them so you can see what I'm buying. Um, I tweet about it too. I tweet my buys and um, I don't sell a lot, but I do. If I sell something, I usually tweet about it. Um, but yeah, use those channels and start like, this is how you promote. Um, this is how you support an artist. You buy their stuff and then you tell people because what the yep. artist needs is exposure. Mm -hmm. And um, even from an economic standpoint, it makes sense for you. As a collector, you know, you buy the art, then display, tell people about the art, share it and <laughs> yeah. help that artist. And if you help that artist, ultimately it's going to help you um, because hopefully you're going to keep that art um, for the rest of your life. But maybe some day in the future when it's your kids or somebody else that's going to be getting that art, there's going to be more value to it. And you actually contributed towards that. So, you know, share it, show it. Um, tell people what you like about the project. Yeah. Right? Tell people what you like. <laughs> Give the artist feedback. Yep. Um, I've been amazed at how receptive to feedback, um, artists in general are. Now, once in a while, I'll run into one that <laughs> definitely doesn't want to hear any feedback and that's, that's absolutely fine. But for the most part, these artists are, they, 
they love that interaction and um, they want to hear what you're thinking and what you think about it. And, um, you know, they're trying to, they're creating something and it means something to them that somebody else loves it and somebody else wants to have it. Um, <coughs> then if you can create ways to um, display it, show it. And um, what do you mean by that? Well, the metaverse is like, the metaverse is here um, and it's really going to be here in the very <laughs> near future. Um, the metaverse is going to be a fundamental part of everyone's life. And um, you can do things in the metaverse that you can't do in real life. So very few people can afford to actually have their own museum. You can, though, in the metaverse. Like, I bought a NFT, um, just, it's an NFT that actually gives you the ability to display, I think it's a hundred and some pieces into, in a gallery, in the metaverse. And um, it's amazing. You just buy this NFT. And I think the same company that, that does that, they have actually free ones. So if you have, you know, 20 pieces or 15 pieces or whatever, you can create your own space. And you say, why Why would I want to do that? Like, what's the point? Or that's egotistical or whatever. No, absolutely not. So you put that, you put your art in that space and it looks and it feels completely different than it does when it's sitting in your wallet. It and might be a really cool way for an artist that has a collection to display it as well, to use that as a way to just display their artwork and let people, you know, to be able to peruse a gallery and pick out pieces. Yeah. I, I'm so I'm just <laughs> waiting for the artists that'll come into a meta jungle mm -hmm. and instead of putting a link into their open sea um, collection, they put a link to their gallery <laughs> where you can walk through their gallery in the metaverse and pick the pieces you like. I mean, that's just so cool. It's really, really yeah. cool. <laughs> and I can tell you, when you go into one of these, you know, 3D galleries, the art looks different. It has a different feel. Mm -hmm. And you have some control for that too. How you place it in there, where you put it, how you size it. Yeah, you can actually size your art in, you know, this world. Um, <laughs> in the in the real world, you're you're pretty much whatever size it is is what you've got. In the metaverse you control it. And so you actually can set up the experience and the ambiance that somebody has. And so one of the things that I guess something I can tell you about, I've decided recently, you know, one of my goals is I want to build a collection um, and put it into a space in the metaverse that can be a destination. So it's someplace where you can actually go and hopefully find inspiration. And that's, it's a real goal. I mean, I guess it's a hobby I'm going to take up and I'm going to work hard on it. I'm looking right now to find the, um, I don't want to pull people off of, you know, what our, our big <laughs> project to help uh, program it. So I'm looking for outside people, somebody that has the ability to come in and um, help me do this. But I want to build a fully scalable, um, really architecturally significant, iconic um, destination to be able to display art. 
And um, I think it'd be amazing, and I think it'd be cool. And I think it's a really rare opportunity that a person has to be able to to make you know a difference in people's lives and to maybe uh, create a destination that's an inspiration for um, other people. I'm excited for that. <laughs> yeah, so we'll we'll see where it. All of it takes a lot of time, and so uh, we'll see where it leads and where it ends up. But that's a uh, it's a goal I've set, and it's a hobby I'm taking up, and we'll see uh, see if it's successful or not. There's going to be so much. There's so much going to happen in this whole new metaverse world with NFTs and NFTs. We've just seen that, like we've just scratched the surface of what's going to be possible with them. Um, I honestly believe, you know, the blockchain, everything's going to be done uh, via the blockchain and this new um, technology, obviously. Um, web 3, I guess, or maybe it'll be Web 4 or Web 5. I don't know what's coming exactly, but I know that we're just scratched the surface of it. But it's so exciting. It's so cool. It's so neat to be a part of it. And um, I give kudos to every artist that has braved their way into this world <laughs> and every collector that's that braved their way into it and every um, person that's actually there trying to figure it out and, um, you know, having fun, hopefully. And if we can just get rid of the, the bad actors, it's going to be a, a really neat world to, to live in. Keep that power in the community, huh? Yep. <laughs> Look empower, out for each other. empower, empower the community. Yep. We got to take yep. that power away from those bad actors. Absolutely. But I think, uh, Collectively, we can do it. Yep, absolutely. Well, and also a unique thing about Meta Jungle that I haven't seen anywhere else, but I think is a great um, resource is we do have a channel. So if you are looking to... Um, work in the space. If you have special skills and you're wanting to work in the space, there's a channel where you can post your resume, your information, um, your what your skill set is and what you're looking for in the way of, of a job. And also if you're needing someone with special skills, um, there's also a channel where you can come and um, basically post a job posting. So something that you're looking for, because um, we want to help people at every level be successful. Um, and there's definitely lots of special skills needed in this space. So uh, please utilize those as well. I think you might have a listing already, Alpha, huh? I do. <laughs> I listed for uh, looking for someone to to build my uh, metaverse gallery. So we'll see. <laughs> see what happens with that. But yeah, that, I mean, I think that was a, a brilliant idea, Emma, that, um, yeah, there's so many people that are looking for either a way to get into the space that have, you know, skills that would be complementary to, to some of the projects. Um, and there's so many projects that are looking for people. And so, yeah, it's a, it's a smart thing. I mean, to add that and just let people be able to, to find that. We just want you to come and interact and help and support. So, and grow together. It's really keeping, empowering the community to be successful. That's what it's all about. <laughs> well, you have anything else today, Alpha? Yeah, I mean, I I appreciate you having me on the show. I, I love the show. I love what you guys are doing. And um, obviously, you know, I, I believe in it 100%. And you guys, I enjoyed the first uh, two episodes. I can't wait to see what uh, the future brings for you guys in that. Um, I, I know 
that you're doing it because you love the space and like literally absolutely love the space in this world and um you're hoping to be able to make a positive difference and help people and uh i'm excited about it i'm glad to be able to support it however i can and um if you ever want to have me back if you want to hear about artists um you know like specific artists and those type of things i'd be more than happy to come in and and talk about it anytime you anytime you want to have me Awesome. Well, we appreciate definitely the advice you've given for, um, from your perspective as being a one of one collector and especially a photography collector. Hopefully, um, hopefully some of artists out there can have, you know, glean some helpful information from that, something that they can keep in mind. Um, and again, not feel so lost or feel like they're alone or feel intimidated when they're creating their open sea collection. And we hope that that, that dialogue and that invitation for dialogue stays, um, rings true with you. So also if you have friends that are artists that are looking to get started, please invite them to, um, to Meta Jungle. We want, we want you there. We want you with us and we want to help. So, um, and also Alpha, um, could you, I guess you're going to, we'll know you from your, um, your PFP. <laughs> Would you tell us a little bit the significance about your PFP that you use? Well, I use that PFP. Um, it's it's a secret society of whales. Mm-hmm. I actually like that project a lot. Um, I'm a huge fan of the project and what they're trying to do. Um, I love what their their purpose is, and um, I mean, I highly suggest if people aren't already a member of the secret society of whales, so that they go in and and pick them up a whale and um, join that community because it's a it's pretty incredible. Um, yeah, so my PFP is the, the number one rarity whale and, um, I don't know. I'm proud of it. I like it. It's a, it's kind of a, I don't know. It kind of fits me. And so, uh, started using it and, um, just have it, I haven't wanted <laughs> to change it, I guess, maybe one of these days, but <laughs> for now it seems to fit. Well, and I thought it'd just be fun for people to learn that story since they will see you out and about on Twitter and, of course, um, in Meta Jungle. So, and currently, right now, that is our giveaway um, for Meta Jungle. So, um, come and join the Discord server. And if you if you're already there, please stop by the giveaways because um, we are going to be giving one away, and you can join that awesome community as well. Yeah. So that particular whale that we give it away, <laughs> uh-huh. I donated that whale for the purpose. And uh, I like it a lot. So it is a really cool one. <laughs> like I know it's interesting because it's gen art, obviously, but it's a. Uh, I like that whale. Mm-hmm. He's got a really cool look, and I um, collected him for the aesthetic. And so, yeah, I hope whoever uh, I hope whoever wins him, likes him, appreciates him, <laughs> and becomes a part of the 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 community. Very cool. Hey, can I tell you one real fast story? Sure. We're talking we about, did ask if you had anything else. Yeah, <laughs> you did op- ask open-ended, although it was a while back. So um, I recently posted in the um, artist spotlight because in Meta Jungle, there's going to be – or there is a, a artist spotlight channel. Mm-hmm. And it's pretty interesting. I, I, I posted um, about an artist – who has a collection. And I think that people probably, you know, most people would know to look for this sort of thing, but it's kind of interesting. Um, he's got a collection. 
There's, I think, 30 pieces in the collection. And he's down to his last two pieces. And those pieces are priced at 0.15 and 0.2 ETH. So you literally can buy both of them for 0.35 ETH. Mm-hmm. Um, every other piece in the collection has sold. And the floor price for the collection, once those two pieces are taken out, is one ETH. So that artist is almost at that point that I talked about earlier, mm-hmm. where you get a sold out collection and the value is like a lot higher. He's two pieces away. And literally, if you're a person that is, you know, I really like photography. I like this art. I don't know about enough about it. I don't know what to buy. And you find something like that. If you like that art, if you look at that, you're like, wow, that's really, really cool. I, I like that. Then it's pretty amazing that you could buy something. And when you buy it, the floor price is, you know, five times or seven times what you just paid for the piece that you bought. So it's the kind of thing that as a um, new collector that you can kind of start learning and looking for. And um, I'm sure at some point that you guys will talk about that same thing. You can do that in generative art. Mm -hmm. You can find traits and there's, there's certain traits that somebody will sell it (laughs) for some price. And the next one with that type of trait might be priced at two or three or five times higher and all the rest of them are priced like that. And so, you know, that's a, it's a generally a a great one to buy if, if you're worried about the value of things. And so I know you're obviously probably going to talk about that at some point because it's a, something that's important for people to know, Mm -hmm. but the same thing holds true in this one, one art world, which is pretty cool. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's a good um, reminder of, of something to look for too, as we're, as you're looking at a collection and deciding um, if it makes sense. And I think a positive is um, typically in that aspect, um, you can probably be a little bit more confident about the stability of the floor price than other projects that might be a generative art project or one that has a team behind it that, you know, there may be more um, move in the floor. Yeah. It's kind of interesting because a couple of my friends, I told him about this. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, look, this isn't financial advice, by the way. <laughs> but hey, look at this. And they're like, well, why don't you buy it? Uh-huh. And it's, logical question. <laughs> yeah, it's a really simple logical question. And it's really an easy answer. I mean, I have pieces by this collector in my collection. This artist, I mean, this uh-huh. artist in my collection. Um, I like his art a lot. So why don't I buy those two pieces? Well, the easy, I probably will, but. (laughs) So you better hurry. (laughs) First, first, I got to give the opportunity to other people. Um, I don't think it's going to be the only art I'm ever going to have the opportunity to buy. So I'm not worried about that. Um, But there's an opportunity there. So I want to share that opportunity. And it's better for the artist if I don't buy it. Because. The more people that he has buy into his collection, the better for him. And it's a it's an interesting concept. It's difficult, you know, for a lot of times artists don't understand that. And they're like, hey, you can buy all my pieces. <laughs> and there's artists that I like I their art enough <laughs> almost where I would almost do that. Uh-huh. Just like I'll buy it all. <laughs> but it's really, really bad for the artist. 
because the artist needs to have as many collectors as possible. And so one person going in and gobbling it up is not a good thing for that artist. And so ultimately, I really am trying to support artists. I want this artist to succeed. And so I didn't just buy those pieces when I found out, hey, look at this. This is crazy. I'm trying to help him sell it to someone else mm -hmm. um, because it's better for him than if I just buy it. And also, it sounds like you're helping to um, encourage some maybe more confident collectors as well. <laughs> Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Well, it's been great to have a guest with us today and definitely appreciate you guys joining us um, for this third episode. And um, of course, we encourage you to like, share, subscribe to our channel. We are really working on building um, something authentic here, um, giving a reason to come back each time. We do plan to have other visitors um, on the on the podcast that we can learn from. They may be related to projects. They're also helping us um, just be educated in different aspects of this journey. Um, so I definitely want to say thank you for coming along with us. And um, it is a journey. We're growing each time. So also um, appreciate you sharing with your friends and also leaving comments, suggestions, because um, we want to learn from you guys too. So thank you for being here today, Miss Jaden. Always a pleasure. <laughs> and thank you, Gabe. Oh, I got... I got, I got like, you know, they, they said bye to me this time. I didn't have to like pipe in. They did it. She yeah. did. Yeah. Whatever, Jaden. Yeah. Whatever. But thank you guys very much. And we'll see you guys next time. Bye.